Biden gives a boring but radical speech. A brave teacher stands up against the woke educational system, and a police officer of all people gets suspended for a TikTok video. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So let's go ahead and get right into things. Biden gave a bit of a message two days ago talking about the coronavirus. And he used this opportunity, of course, to virtue signal about masks and everything else. And this obviously started off in a way where he was actually walking around alone outside with a mask on. Here's a bit about what that looked like. So let's keep in mind here for a second. Biden has had the vaccine. I'm assuming all of them, whatever he needed to take, I'm assuming that he's gotten every single one of the vaccines. We've seen him actually get them. So why is he wearing a mask outside? Somebody want to explain that one to me? This is clearly or clearly has nothing to do with him needing to wear the mask. So a lot of people will say, well, he's doing it to set an example. You know, the thing is about for me, at least as a person that is informed, uh, and I assume with anybody else that it just has just a lick of common sense, that if you're actually trying to set an example, you do that by setting an actual example of what you want people to do. In other words, if they get the vaccine and if they're outside, all things that even the CDC now, which I'll get into in a second, has said is perfectly fine, that you do not need to wear a mask. So why are you wearing one? What this really proves is that for Biden and a lot of other Democrats, that the masks have turned into something that transcends what even the CDC is saying. It is all about political messaging. That's all this is. They've entirely politicized the mask to the point that it has just surpassed all nonsense at this point. So the CDC, speaking of which, has come out with a new set of guidelines. And now they're making the statement that fully vaccinated people can now exercise gather outdoors in small groups without face masks. Now, people were already doing this, newsflash, but let's be honest here. The sad part about all of this is that there are actually people that are waiting for the CDC to okay them to do these things. There are people that are so controlled by what the CDC is saying that they are waiting for their every last word to say, Oh, thank you, CDC. Thank you for allowing me to live my life like a normal human being. If it wasn't for the CDC, I wouldn't have been able to do this, you see, because the CDC rules my life and everything that I do. Now, the doctor has already been have have already admitted, by the way, talking about the government using the vaccine and or these freedoms that they're trying to associate with this as a carrot on a stick. That's what they're doing. They want to take the things that are normal behaviors and say, well, those are restricted. You can't have access to those under normal circumstances unless you've been vaccinated and all of the rest of these rules. 
And we've seen doctors come out and say that. If you recall, there was this uh, Asian doctor that came out and said something about this. And she said, quote, the more people who are vaccinated, the more steps we can take towards spending time with people. We love doing the things we love to enjoy. In other words, you can't do that unless you've gotten this vaccine. We're not going to allow you to do that unless you've gotten this vaccine. It's that big of a deal to them. Everything rides on that vaccine. And if you don't get it, then they're saying you are not able to live your life in this certain way. But if you do get it, then you can. Then it's going to be perfectly okay. That's what we have to be looking at here when we're talking about them using this as a as a ploy to get people to, to adhere to their rules and, and everything else like that. So many of you may not have even watched this at all. And honestly, I don't think it's absolutely necessary that you watch it whatsoever. But... I watched it so that you don't have to. And this is all about Biden giving an address to a joint session of Congress. Now, of course, we knew that he was going to take this opportunity to spew out a lot of the radical left wing agenda. And he did that. And I'm going to kind of go through the most important topics, the most important things that he said. Uh, a lot of lies to unpack in the speech as well. But let's just kind of take them one by one. So first of all, if you were watching this live, you probably noticed something very odd. If you actually went to Fox or ABC or CNN or any of these websites uh, or any of the YouTube channels for these news organizations, where if you looked at the video, what you wound up seeing is that if there were maybe 10,000 people watching, actually, I wrote down the stats here, that in one of the videos, there was 13,000 people watching. There were 3.4 upvotes and 11,000 downvotes on the video. Okay. Wow. I mean, and it wasn't just like this on one channel, by the way. This was consistent across every single live stream that Joe Biden was on, on every single YouTube video. There was either uh, split kind of likes and dislikes with the same amount, like split 50-50, or it was, there was a significant amount of dislikes comparatively to the likes on these videos. And we're supposed to believe this guy got the 81 million votes they keep talking about, Right. When he can't even do a video that, number one, gets a lot of attention, but two, just didn't even have a good ratio of likes to dislikes. This is perfectly consistent with what we know and what we've seen from Biden in the past. So he said and made a few crazy statements along, you know, basically throughout the entire night. And it starts off with this one in particular where he wanted to virtue signal the second he got up on the stage talking about a female vice president. Mitch and Chuck will understand it's good to be almost home. Down the hall. <laughs> anyway, thank you all. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. No president has ever said those words from this podium. No president has ever said those words. And it's about time. If this was any indication of how the rest of the night was going to go, I guess it would be pretty accurate because this is exactly how Biden is, is planning on doing this entire thing. To sit here and virtue signal about the fact that there's a female vice president and that that must be the most important thing ever and we're just going to sit here and talk about it and clap for it all night long. So getting into the next thing that he was kind of going on about, so he made this statement talking about minimum wage. And of course, he's making another promise, which he, by the way, still has yet to have done at all. But he's making another promise to up the minimum wage to $15 an hour. By the way, while you're thinking about sending things to my desk, <laughs> let's raise the minimum wage to $15. 
No one, no one working 40 hours a week, no one working 40 hours a week should live below the poverty line. See, what Biden always tends to leave out is how this is actually going to work long term. I mean, every Democrat leaves this out. Let's be honest here. But the fact is, is that when you increase the minimum wage, we already know this. It puts a burden and a strain on the companies that are already doing what they're doing now. When you do this, you, you increase the company's spending, the amount of money that it costs to run their business. So they have two choices. They can, and they probably will do both of these, but they can either lay off employees or they can raise the price of their goods to compensate for the fact that now they have to pay people more money. Okay, when you raise the prices of goods, what that means is that it's now more expensive to go to a fast food restaurant or these other miscellaneous places, which means that those people that were now getting the $15 minimum wage that felt so great about making more money now aren't really making that much more money, are they? In relation to the actual goods that are being sold because the prices are much higher now. That's what happens. It's, it's a part of the economy. That's how the economy works. It doesn't fix anything. What it only does is causes an indefinite increase in the minimum wage throughout all eternity. If you raise the minimum wage to $100 an hour, it's not going to make a difference. Because all it's going to do is just raise the prices of goods again. That's all that's going to happen. The economy moves in relation to the prices of goods. You're only as rich as the certain products and certain things cost in the economy that you're in. That's what really matters here. It's all in relation to how much things actually cost. So the other thing that he went on to talk about, which is the most probably the dumbest statement I think he's made the entire night, was basically saying that our democracy and, or what he was alluding to what happened on January 6th. Let's be honest here. He didn't say it explicitly, but he was alluding to what happened on January 6th, saying that it was the worst thing that's ever happened since the Civil War. 100 days since I took the oath of office and lifted my hand off our family Bible and inherited a nation we all did that was in crisis the worst pandemic in a century, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Now, after just 100 days, I can report to the nation, America is on the move again. Now, that's just an out-and-out out lie. Completely. Please show me how... In the world, what happened on January 6th is anywhere near close to what took place at all to these other events that have happened in history. Let's take a second to go through memory lane. I mean, it's honestly sad that Joe Biden, somebody as old as he is, that has not just, he wasn't a child. I mean, first of all, let's think about it. Let's talk about 9-11. Let's talk about Pearl Harbor, but let's specifically focus on 9-11. 3,000 Americans killed. How was he forgetting about that? Now, see, when 9-11 happened, I was really young. I was in elementary school. I had no idea what was going on. Joe Biden wasn't a child. He can't claim that. He can't say that he was some young child that had no idea what was actually taking place. He would have known what was happening. So why in the world is it that he can just scrap that, pretend that that didn't happen, is basically what's going on here, and pretend like January 6th was the worst thing ever? Let's go through some of the things that happened on January 6th. How about that? Okay, let's talk about the fact that nobody showed up with a gun. Nobody shot anybody. The only person actually that got killed was a protester, an unarmed protester, by the way, something that they regularly leave out. And the people that did die, the officers that did die that were there were 
dying of unrelated things that had nothing to do with the people that were there to protest. But Democrats don't care about the facts. Let's look at the BLM riots all summer. Remember those? I mean, cities were burned, businesses ruined. They're mad at the Capitol. Talk to the business owners that got their businesses completely burned out. Talk to Officer David Dorn that literally got killed by one of these BLM protesters, a, a former black police officer. Where Where is he at on that one? Once again, you have to take these things into consideration because he's absolutely misrepresenting what happened on January 6th and putting it at this level that is far beyond what is actually the truth. You can't compare this to 9-11. That's not how this works. What he didn't mention in all of his speeches as well are many other things. He left out talking about the border crisis. He never talked about the fact that there are kids in cages right now that are at the border. Has not addressed any of that whatsoever. Remember who built the cages, Joe? Well, now they're there. They're building more cages and nothing's taking place at all from that. He failed to mention holding China accountable for the coronavirus pandemic. Actually, China wasn't mentioned at all in an unfavorable light. You know why? Because he's Beijing Biden. It makes perfect sense. We know where he stands with China. He pretty much stands with them. So, once again, I think the real takeaway from all this is that although Biden's speech was very, very boring, I mean, there was actually a, a clip that came out of uh, Ted Cruz falling asleep during the entire thing. It was, it was very boring, but it was very radical. And I think we need to keep that in mind. Is it had you, if, if you just read the speech, if the, if the speech was just available in text and, and was sent out in an email and people read it, I think what they would see is how radical this speech was. But because you've got this 78-year-old guy uh, standing on stage, bumbling and fumbling through his words, all of a sudden, I think we give it a little bit of a pass. We don't think like, oh, this old guy is basically harmless. But the problem is that he's a conduit for the far left. That's what that is. That's what he stands for. He's an empty suit. And what we need to keep in mind is that it was boring but radical. That's really the takeaway from all of this. Because... The spending, I mean, it, there was so many things that were actually mentioned in this that are just obscene amounts of spending. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's throw money at problems and expect them to somehow get solved by these pro these policies, which never works, by the way. So one of the things he was uh, talking about as well he, is he said that when I think climate change, I think jobs. How does that make sense? You know, these guys, it's real crazy to me because they sit there and they say, oh, climate change equals more jobs. And it's like, look, dude, like, of course, you're creating some new jobs in another sector, but we're we basically leaving out the thousands and thousands of jobs that are going to be lost because you're taking entire industries away. That was the biggest part of his uh, one of the things he got caught up on when he was on the debate stage with Trump was when he was talking about the oil industry and PA, when he, Trump was saying, this guy's going to kill the oil, oil industry. Let me tell you something. Whatever you replace it with would never be and never have as many jobs as what was actually there during the oil for the oil industry and PA. And they don't want to take that into consideration whatsoever. Remember, this is the same guy that killed the Keystone Pipeline days into his presidency. Just days. Eliminated 14,000 jobs at the stroke of a pen. Right straight away with all of those rid ridiculous executive orders that he put in place. 
And this is the guy that's going to be creating jobs. Sure, yeah, I, I don't really believe that. Once again, so he goes on and he says, Biden says he wants people to buy American. But then he says he wants to raise taxes on businesses to send jobs overseas. Which is another thing that I was talking about on Parler uh, just a day ago during the speech. Is that he's talking about literally adding all of these extra funds into certain sectors and things like that. And never mentions how these things are going to get paid for. Well, then he might say, well, it's actually going to be because we're going to increase the taxes for corporations and for the wealthy. Meanwhile, normal people like us sit here and we say, well, what's the problem? We're not getting taxed more, right? What's the big deal? Well, the thing that we need to take into consideration when we're looking at this stuff is how the economy works. And one of those big issues there is that when you raise the taxes for corporations and you raise the taxes for the wealthy people, the corporations tend to leave. They tend to move their businesses to a different country. That's what happened before. Uh, Trump really ran on this, where he said, I'm going to bring these companies back to the United States, where they had left under Obama. All we're seeing is Biden redoing the same stupid mistakes that he made under Obama, where he's just going to send these corporations right back out of the country, which means a loss in jobs. A loss in jobs. That's how that works. It's never been any different. And... We might think, well, the wealthy people, they'll be still here, right? Well, no, because those wealthy people are typically wealthy because they run corporations, which they're also going to be moving outside of the country for. That's how this works, guys. So then he mentioned, which is one of the craziest lines to me as well, where he said, we, the people, are the government. This is such a misleading and just massive lie. We, the people, are not the government. What he's trying to say here is what we've been complaining about for, I don't know, the past two years. He's talking about this idea of mob rule. Everything we've been complaining about, the, the idea, think about it. Look at the, remember I was covering the Derek Chauvin case? That entire situation where the jury charged him guilty on all charges. Why did that happen? It's my opinion that it happened because the mob, the, the jury was scared. The mob ruled the justice system. So that means that our justice system isn't really a justice system, is it? Because it's not operating based off of the rule of law. It's operating based off of whatever the mob feels any given day. Because they've scared the judge into submission. They've scared the jury into submission. They've scared everybody in that process into the just to be the worst situations on planet earth and they've done this because they want a certain outcome and you had it echoed all the way up to joe biden through maxine waters and other people in congress about what that verdict should have been and the mob won and this jury doing exactly what the mob wanted them to do told the mob now we can do whatever we want the media too by the way the media is complicit in this as well and he is saying that as long as enough people complain about something, that that's all that really matters. That the people itself are the government. Keep in mind, guys, that America was not founded on that principle. People are absolutely separate from the government. The government's goal and only real job is to protect the rights of the people. That's why there's a government. It was never intended for the people to just have mob rule and just do whatever they wanted to do. Because then 
the mob can take away your rights and the government doesn't have any power to do anything about it because they're saying that the government is the people. The government is the mob. It's a lie. It's an absolute lie. But like I said, you know, we are, we the people are protected from or are protected by the Constitution from the government. And people don't understand that. Here's the other thing, too, is that throughout the entire night, you just saw Joe Biden standing there saying and making a ton of promises about a lot of stuff that cost a ton of money. And a lot of policies that he thinks for some reason is just going to fix every issue. It won't. And this is the fundamental difference between Republicans, conservatives, and Democrats. Because for some reason they think that just by Joe Biden signing these policies into place, that all of a sudden it's just going to solve all problems. Just throw money at it. That's how Democrats try to solve everything. Throw money at it. That doesn't do anything. You tax businesses or you tax the wealthy. But those businesses will not remain. So you can't just spend unlimited amounts of money and do whatever it is that you want to do and expect for it to work out the way that you want it to. Now, will Joe Biden and the rest of the administration pull through and push through all of these things that they're saying they're going to do? Probably so. Probably so. As Project Veritas exposed from the guy from CNN, the next thing is going to be climate change. Absolutely. And we're already seeing him lay out the steps when he's talking about it in his speech as well. And notice also how Joe Biden left all of the radical stuff at the very end of the speech. Right when he started mumbling and fumbling and his medication seemed to be wearing off or whatever was happening that caused him to be tripping over himself as much as he did during that speech. I don't know. But overall, once again, the big takeaway is boring but radical. So keep that in mind. This is what people wanted for him to be ruled by the radical left. They don't care about the rules. They don't care about the Constitution. Whatever they need to do to basically put through, push through any type of crazy radical left-wing agendas that they want to push through. It's all that they care about. So just a quick reminder that I do have a Patreon page where you can donate directly to the show. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast platforms, please remember to subscribe to also leave a review as it does help the show out as well. For the longest period of time, we've been seeing teachers have this curriculum now. That is the woke curriculum. It's the curriculum that they're being required to teach in many cases that is promoting a lot of stuff that we've said, even if you want to go along with these ideologies, it simply confuses children. So this teacher, this brave teacher, actually stands up to this this woke educational system. And some individuals prefer they as a pronoun. Like meet or bot, they are my best friend. We got kids that can't read and write, and then we're going to teach them incorrect grammar. I mean, it's ridiculous, okay? Who who gave permission to talk about this? We could, there's two genders. If you're born with a penis and you have testicles, that's just anatomy. You're a male. If you have a vagina and ovaries, you're a female. A man cannot menstruate. A man cannot lactate and breastfeed a child. You cannot give birth if you're a man. If you want to be an adult and do whatever you want with your life, I'm okay with that. Don't push this ideology on children. I'm not going to work in a district that's okay with that. You need to make a clear statement on how many genders are there because parents, are they're, they're already pulling their kids out of public school. They're doing homeschool options. They're going online. It's going to increase as this liberal ideology comes into our schools. This isn't a political indoctrination camp, okay? It's public education. We want to teach education. This should be a wake-up call, plain and simple, because 
They're teaching this nonsense in the schools. And it's only going to become more pervasive as time goes on. Because they think that this is so important. What I mentioned before on the show is that the left likes to change terminology, to change language, and use that to infect change in the minds of people. Now, that even works for adults, as crazy as that is. To literally just change the way in which, or the definition of what a word really means, to fit their narrative. The fact that pronouns used to be absolute, it, it wasn't a thing, it wasn't up for debate, it was grammar, It's and grammar is a set thing like math, you can't change it to fit your whatever ideology you want to have, it is what it is, but now they're able to change and they're talking about changing these pronouns and whatnot to refer to somebody in the plural sense of they is crazy, now the reason why we have to look at things like this is because these are being pushed down on children. Children don't know any better. They're trying to learn fundamentals. That's what school is for in the first place, is that kids come out of school with a found a good foundation. They go to college to get indoctrinated. <laughs> we can complain about colleges all day. I have no problem with that. But if a college wants to be left-wing or they want to take underwater basket weaving and woke liberalism or whatever it is, they can do that. Okay, that's up to them. They're paying for the classes, whatever. But a public school is about trying to, and should be about, giving a child a good foundation of what proper grammar is, what proper history is, and what you're seeing is that they're warping everything from such an early age that kids are going to grow up unable to even understand what basic pronouns mean. The fact that they even think they, them is even something that you can use to refer to somebody. Or a singular person. Like I said, if you want to teach this in colleges, go ahead. But you don't get to do this and you shouldn't be able to do this or allowed to do this to children that are just way too gullible. They don't know the basics to know what they're learning isn't correct. And how kids address somebody is irrelevant as well. Kids are probably some of the most non-tolerant people out there <laughs> when you think about it. In some ways, they oftentimes say what we're all thinking. And yet, now we're teaching them improper grammar to boot. How does that make sense? I don't know. I've oftentimes wondered about what the real difference is between certain people that actually live in Minneapolis, the, like the actual people that live in the cities where these riots and looting have taken place. What do those people think about these events taking place? And then contrast that with the people that are in a very liberal place like Washington, D.C., for this specific example, on what they think about the riots. Today we are north of Minneapolis in Brooklyn Center and we're in Washington DC asking people what they think of riots and looting. Let's see what they say. What do you think about rioting? A lot of the looting that happened in Ferguson, just like here, is only caused by opportunists. Like change needs to be made and if it's not getting done in the traditional avenues then rioting is a good option. I guarantee you nine times out of ten the people that were looting are not from this area. If rioting is what gets people's attention, then I think that's necessary. When there's something like this goes on, the opportunistic people come out and they try to dehumanize this. I mean, I think all violence is bad violence, but in the case when systems aren't responding to any other forms of change, I can understand people getting frustrated to the point that they need to take other avenues. I think that there's a lot of systematic oppression within the United States and that looting and rioting is very small in comparison to that. Those are two different separate 
We have protesters and then we have rioters. We're human and, and, and we want to be treated with respect, so we got to come out here and show we are human and bring respect. I do think that rioting is okay. And they disguise themselves as protesters, but really they're just out here just to cause damage. And when the damage done, they go back to their neighborhoods and they're back to their communities where none of this is going on. I hesitate on when there's violence involved, but I also understand that when violence is involved, it's normally because there's no other way to get your point across. These little kids that have to look out here and see this, and nobody is concerned. I don't think riding or any form of violence is okay, but I also understand that their like voices have been silenced for a long time. A lot of rioters are just kind of using the situation to just steal stuff, and I don't think, I don't stand by that. You know, they feel like they're silenced, so that's what they're doing to make it loud and everyone can hear them, so yeah, I support it. Mm -hmm. That's not how it should be. That shouldn't be the norm. That shouldn't be happening at all. It's really gross. You feel for the people that, the businesses and all that, but at the same time, both sides of the aisle do it, and people are just kind of pointing fingers right now. Peaceful protest is more impact, has more impact on what's going on. Martin Luther King said something similar in his uh, letters to Birmingham jail, similar to something like um, the riot is the voice of the, uh, the unheard. I, I'm uh, strongly against anyone damaging a store or uh, looting, that type of thing. I think that that's excessive. When it comes to these riots, it's just the community saying enough is enough. How can you tell somebody, you know, the, the rage that you're feeling, like, you know, channel your rage or this, there's better ways to do stuff because you don't know what somebody's going through internally. Uh, if you feel like you need to lash out, then don't get mad when people, you know, address you as a, as a looter or a rioter. There's a pretty big dichotomy there, if you haven't been able to see that already. I mean, the actual difference between the Washington DC liberals and the people that actually live in these cities where these riots are taking place is night and day. Now, I know that there's people in Minneapolis that maybe are actually from that city as well, but I think what it really shows is that the people that are these, these liberals that are in these separated places, they don't care. I mean, as long as those riots don't come to their house, don't hurt them in any way, they're fine with them. And the fact is that most of these people don't even see any black people. You know, that was actually something that somebody had brought up a while ago, is that oftentimes these, these white liberals that want to be so inclusive and talking about BLM, they've got BLM plastered all over their, their social media, they're talking about it all the time, they're battling back and forth with actual black people about this stuff, and they think they're so, so woke. These are the people that don't associate, don't know any black people, don't talk to any black people, so that's their only outlet, is to pretend to care about it so much on TV. Because for them, that's the only way that they can show how virtuous they are, hence the virtue signaling. And the fact is that their theology, their ideology, I mean, is shallow. It's only skin deep because they don't actually feel this way about this stuff. Because if they were in Minneapolis and they got their home broken into, I'm pretty sure they, that would change their tune very quickly. Once again, it's easy to observe things from afar and say, oh, well, I support that. Yeah, sure. They should be able to do whatever they want. And it's a totally different thing when you actually are somebody that can, number one, either live in that area or two, be able to put yourselves in the shoes of people that actually got their business burned down. That's the difference between these people that live in the places versus the liberals that are outside of these areas in general that just see things happening on the TV. As long as it's happening on the TV and not here, I'm good. It's basically what they're saying, but they're completely negating and ignoring 
what these things mean to the people that are actually living in those cities and actually own those businesses. So there's this police officer who made a viral TikTok video mocking LeBron James, and now he's gotten suspended for it. Dispatch, I've arrived at that disturbance. We have LeBron call my cell phone right away, please. Thank you. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. No, can you put the knife down, please, sir? Sir, no, 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 sir, don't stab it. No, no, stop stabbing. Stop. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It's LeBron. LeBron, hey, you got to me again. Listen, I'm out here at this disturbance call, and there's a guy trying to stab another guy with a knife. What do you think I should do? Why does that matter? Okay, uh, well, they're both black. One guy's trying to stab another guy with a knife. Deadly force is completely justified. Uh-huh. I see. So you don't care if a black person kills another black person, but you do care if a white cop kills a black person, even if he's doing it to save the life of another black person? I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but then again, you are really good at basketball, so I guess I'll take your word for it. Alright. Yep. Okay. Alright, thanks, LeBron. Michael Jordan's the GOAT. What? Nothing, I gotta go. Sorry, guys. You're on your own. Good luck. To be honest with you, no suspension is justified in this situation. There's no situation in which this guy should have gotten suspended from his job. It's a violation of free speech. Why can he not make a video on TikTok making fun of LeBron James? LeBron James is also somebody who dabbles in politics that has no idea about anything about what police officers do. The other thing, too, is that, I mean, I don't know if it's maybe just because of the bad optics or something like that, um, and the police department just got worried about the woke mob going after them or something, but how can the police department even stand with LeBron James either? I mean, he is the same person that put out a tweet saying, you're next, threatening, directly threatening the guy in Columbus, Ohio, who saved the life of another black girl. That's what LeBron James is doing. And you're suspending a police officer for that. Let me tell you something. This type of behavior is only going to result in more cops saying, I'm done. And throwing in the badge. And saying, I'm not going to sit by while even our police department won't allow us to make a comment defending what we do. Defending an objective situation of someone doing the right thing. He points out all of the hypocrisies in what LeBron James has been doing and saying. LeBron James doesn't care about black lives because what he's saying is, well, that cop shouldn't have shot this girl at all to protect the life of this other black girl. He should have done that. So what he's in effect saying is he's perfectly fine with two black girls stabbing each other to death and a cop standing right there doing nothing to intervene. There, he's perfectly okay with that. And you have to wonder why that's the case in the, at all. Is it because maybe him being somebody that makes probably, I mean, he's got to be one of the richest people in the United States, that he's sitting up in his ivory tower unable to really understand what goes on on the ground? LeBron James is not a politician. He's not somebody that is educated on anything. Just stick to basketball, man. That's all you have to do. Because you have no idea what you're talking about. And this police officer, once again, I think there's a fundraiser that's been started. I think you can find that online if you search for it. But hopefully they, you know, actually reinstate him in his job or something like that. Because this type of behavior from police departments is only going to cause other police officers to say, I'm done with this stuff. And they're going to get out. And once again, you're going to be left with situations where certain cities are going to have no cops. They won't have bad cops to worry about. They're going to have no cops to worry about. And once again, as I've mentioned online before, you're going to end up with these cities where 
It's black people fitting for themselves. Okay? You wanted your knife fights? Have at it. Enjoy, guys. Enjoy being able to stab each other at will, shoot each other all you want, and when no cops come to save you from your own your own falls, your own pitfall, your, your own demise, don't come come running back saying and apologizing for what you did. Because we know where you're going to. Because you sat there and you took us for granted. You won't even allow us to save the lives of people in your own community. At that point, you're not a cop. You're just a person standing around waiting and counting down the days before you get canceled and your entire life gets just completely run through the mud. You're one bad or just, I mean, it could be a very good decision. You're one decision that gets captured on a cell phone or somebody just happens to be upset about away from completely having your life ruined. There's this girl, this high school runner that was doing track, um, competing at the high school. She was a runner and winds up collapsing at the finish line. Maggie Williams just seconds away from setting the summit school record in the 800 meter, a moment of glory overshadowed by this moment of concern. Williams finished in two minutes and eight seconds, collapsing as she crossed the finish line. I felt like I just wasn't being able to get a full breath and multiple times of that happening, not being able to get enough air, it just I just felt super dizzy and then eventually passed out. Williams blames her lack of oxygen on the mask she's required to wear during competition. Clearly in the past this has never happened and then this race that I was wearing a mask it did happen which I don't think is a coincidence. Her coach echoing that belief saying this was not a conditioning issue it was a mask issue. It was a different response than I've seen for kids that have uh, collapsed to the track just because they were exhausted. She wasn't sure where she was. Turnbull told News Channel 21 he considered not letting his athletes run again with the current guidelines in place, so he and Williams called on the Oregon Health Authority to make a change. We were so fortunate this it didn't end up in a, a real serious injury with Maggie, but we shouldn't gamble on the next one. OHA listened, releasing this updated mask mandate Monday afternoon. The guidance will allow people to take off face coverings when competing in non-contact sports outdoors and maintaining at least six feet of distance from others and the other virus protective protocols. Why are they doing this to kids at the school? Why is this still happening? I mean, you're outside, you're running, you're not close to people, and you're forcing people to wear a mask. I mean, thank goodness in Florida that we don't have to deal with this really that much. But my goodness, people. Like, are you really willing to risk the lives of these kids that are trying to compete in sports for a mask? I mean, we already know and have looked at the data that it's almost impossible for somebody to get the virus or to transfer it to somebody from another person when you're outside because it's an open air environment. There's no air conditioning. There's no recycling air. There's none of that going on. Why in the world is it that you've got these girls running around this track with a mask on? How is that not even child abuse? I mean, this is crazy. It's absolute foolishness that they're allowing for this to happen. And... All it's going to take is for somebody to die. One kid that just pushes themselves too hard with a stupid mask on is going to wind up dying, and who's to blame? Who's that death going to fall onto? Now, it's a good thing that they you know, repealed this or at least giving them some leeway on not wearing the mask, but for goodness sakes, none of this should be a concern at a high school like this.
These people are already healthy. They're young. What do they have to worry about? It's, it's crazy that this is still going on right now in certain states. And like I said, if somebody dies from this stuff, from having to wear this mask, trying to compete in sports of all things, I can only imagine that the governor or whoever imposed those rules walks up scotch-free. It's not my fault. Just like the nursing home deaths. Don't care. It just gets swept under the rug. They are outside. These kids should be able to do these sports without having to worry about all of this stuff. I mean, the fact that they're even trying to maintain six feet of social distancing outside where they're trying to compete, it's... It's absolutely crazy seeing people like, oh, we're wrestling, but we got our masks on. That's going to make all the difference in the world. Like there's already been uh, tests and everything showing that your blood oxygenation is significantly worse when you're wearing the mask. I don't know why we're putting kids in this situation because it's only endangering them. It's hurting them. This is not a good idea. Get rid of this stuff out of the schools. And yet you have Biden that's saying that his address that he's just going to dump all of this extra money into public schools. I don't think anybody wants their kids in public schools anymore. Not at this rate. Not looking at stuff like this. Private schools are open. Charter schools are open. Like, homeschools, obviously, they're doing their thing. Why is it that we are consistently having our public schools be the stupidest place to send our children? So with that being said, I thank you for watching or listening to the show, and I will see you next week.